three, two, one. We're live with the man, the myth, the legend, <laughs> Michael Maita. I got that right. You got it right. And I'm stoked we're here. We're here at the Damn Good Day Show with a local legend. And when I say that, myself and Sky over there on the on the cams over there, yo, yo. look so much. We look so forward to being able to get your burgers that when <laughs> number one, when we. First of all, you even being here is an honor to both of us because we always say whenever new people come and visit Miami, they have to try USBS burgers. It's the best. I don't know what you do with that the, the burger. It's unbelievable. It's way better than Shake Shack, Five Guys, any of that stuff. Would you agree, Sky? I would totally agree with that. It's just absolute fire. So Dope. thank you for coming on the show, man. <laughs> Thanks for having me. And Miami, building the business, making it happen, located in the Citadel, another one of our favorite places. That spot is amazing. Yeah, it is. There's a lot of great people. Um, and it just kind of like all the cards fell into place. Uh, we started it up 20... We started the business in 2018. Pop-ups we were doing in Wynwood behind uh, Box Elder. Um, rest in peace. But uh, the guys are still... Thank you for that. <laughs> Um, luckily, uh, the owners over there, they opened up um, right down the block from us also, too, at an uh, off-site. So you can still visit them there. Um, but it was kind of like this incubator where a lot of people started up. El Bagel, um, off-site was doing super good chicken. They have their super good chicken sandwich there. Um, so th- this, when you say this is, say that again, so this is like a, like a spot where people were having that's where we startups? S- yeah, that's where we started. Um, and a few other people did also too. Uh, El Bagel obviously is like the biggest one. They started up out there. Um, first it was just kind of like setting up, then a little truck, um, a little Cushman cart, and then like the food truck and they kind of blew up and. Does worked. that seem to be the trajectory for a lot of these just, uh, startups in the, in the restaurant space, if you would, it starts with the food truck goes up to the car and then you just eventually you move in yeah i mean it's usually like the safest way to do it um you know obviously like people like try to walk that fine line of what they're doing legally and you know uh just renting kitchens and prep space and operating without permits and just kind of flying under the radar for a little bit before it gets a little too crazy um so for us like i said it was a good place for us to kind of start off um and we started that off in 2018 um in 2020 uh october no actually i should know this because it's like my my login code (laughs) (laughs) but in september of 2020 um you know we're kind of still in that height uh, peak of like covid and we decided you know what like it's only so far we can fall down right now so we might as well just kind of go for it and and then um, when you say we, that's you and your wife? Me and my wife, yeah. She's our business partner. And I, I read online that she grew up, was it Argentina? Or? Uh, El Salvador. El Salvador. And she's yeah. worked in the restaurant industry her whole life? Yeah, she has. Um, so she's, like, this is all, I think, brand new to me, being, like, the owner side and running in the management portion. I've done it for other people. But when it's, like, you know, you're a kid and you're, like, I can do this on my own and this. And then when you're, you know, they pass on the baton to you, you're, like, Man, this so this is the first venture, though, into fully like being your own business owner and doing that? Yeah. Uh, my wife and I did two other ventures before, but it was just like us. Um, so the first one that we did was uh, Illegal Bakery, and my wife still kind of does that on the side. Um, she's a bomb baker. She is. She's And she's uh, headstrong, and um, the story behind that was great because she really wanted to do baking, and I'm trying to think how far back this was. Um but it was just like she was really into it and she said, you know, was going all in. 
bought her KitchenAid for Christmas, and I remember she was uh, making cupcakes for um, the staff at the restaurant she was working at the time. And I think it was just either like an incorrect batch or something like that, and the timing was off, and they were just like not fully cooked. And she was furious. She like left them there. I can like kind of finished them off, and I went like later on at service because I think it was like for like New Year's or Christmas. And I took like these half like baked, like I cut them in half and enough to where like the cake is set. And I was just like, all right, guys, we got cupcakes. And you know, it's the end of service. So she, but this was through Ill- the illegal bakeries. This that was were- leading up to that, yeah. And sure enough, like after that, it was over. Like she did, I think one bake <laughs> with that KitchenAid, and that was it. And then I was like off to collect dust <laughs> in the shelves. And it took like a couple months, like six to eight months. Was that a motivating factor for her? Or like, was she like, you know what? This is never happening again. I'm going to do this legit. And then just like went off. Well, the thing was, I think, I don't know what the the spark was for her that she really wanted to learn how to make French macaroons. And then she was like, I have to do this. And she was just tirelessly like night and day, like developing. And she finally developed her own recipe and like style of doing it. And that's like the thing that like motivated her to get back into it. And it's like from cupcake to that is, you know, you're going zero to 60, like almost immediately. And I was like, I don't know what drove her like, and that was a specific thing, but um, she crushes it when she does that now. And like, she's got, you know, the recipe number one till whatever it is now. And that determination, like I said, she's, she carries that in everything she does. So um, even like the first batch of bread that, um, I started making testing. Like, I remember I took it to her and she like takes a bite and then just like kind of puts it away in the microwave. And I was like, all right, she's going to like tell me in a couple hours what I did wrong <laughs> and how I need to fix this. And also too, to see how it sits. And so you have a full Gordon Ramsay setup going on. Basically just, with her, it's like that, but also what is too, this <laughs> shit? Get it away from me. <laughs> You're like, Oh, I'm sorry. Let me try again. Yeah. So when you give her that KitchenAid, are you working in the food industry at the time? Yeah. Um, I was working at that time. I can't remember who I was working with. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're at that. I think we were at separate restaurants at that point. We met at the same restaurant at the time. It was Mishi's. Um, it was right down the street from us. And, I think briefly after she started working in the kitchen, she started in front of the house. Then she moved her way into the back because um, her sister was working with us at the time. She was leaving, so she was going to kind of fill that void. And uh, after a couple of months, she started like moving up the ranks. And actually, I like was stepping away, I think, to either help out a friend with a project or um, just trying to do my own venture also at the time. And so we didn't work all lot together like really next to each other um and everyone would always tell me that she was like a beast that's all like, oh she's a beast she's great you should see her how she cooks and everything like that and the i think one of the first times that we actually were worked side by side together she was like she was like i get nervous she told me she was like she's nervous like next to me and i was like i don't know why i was just like everyone tells me i was like you've been doing this a lot longer like from like child so that's, like, when you knew, the like, that's when you knew she was failing you you're like all right there it is <laughs> Yeah, and um, so we started the we started the the illegal bakery. Um, What's the the name behind it? Why did you call it that? Because uh, I think it's also the same reason that we kind of did USBS the way that we did. Um, my thought process is that there's a lot of competition out there, so you need something that stands out. And as you know, it's great things like this to tell your story and to explain like what it is you're doing, and you know quote unquote, having people like drink the Kool-Aid, um, it takes some time 
And so you kind of need something that's out there. It's gimmicky um, just to like bring someone in. So we called it a legal bakery because our tagline was so good. It's got to be illegal. Mm. So it kind of works on like two levels. Like it says that, you know, that's saying that people say, and then also too, it just refers to our business. So that was always just like, I remember when, you know, when I came up with the idea or of the name and I think we were, we were out for dinner or something like that. And I was like, I got this. And I was like, I didn't want to say it out loud. I was like, someone's going to listen and hear this. And I was like, we got to get in the car. I'm going to tell you exactly what I think the name of the, of the bakery should be. And I said it and, um, she was down. She was down. She was like, yeah, she's like, oh, let's do it. And we had an old designer, um, who gave it like a very art deco feel. Um, like the logo you mean? Yeah. Cause I remember the first one I designed, I think I did like on paint and it was just <laughs> like, and when I sent it to him, like, you know, the illegal had like its own style and font and bakery was just a little bit more plain in text. And then he, I remember him telling me it was just like, it's like one of those, um, ransom letters. It's like in this very scary thing. I also think I presented it to him like in like red and black also too. It was like the logo colors. So when you're like, when she is using this KitchenAid and she's making muffins and doing her thing and decides these muffins are shit. And then she just decides to make some like macaroons. Is it? Yeah. Macaroons. Yeah. Then, so she's just in the kitchen, just going beast mode, just yeah. cooking and cooking and cooking. Just th- like if it's bad, just throw it out, try again. And yeah. just continuously trying and the f- testing, like full chef. Yep. Are you like that too? Um, I try to not make so many errors. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what a that's shade. <laughs> but as far as when it come when I when I talk about that, it's um, I go with the mindset, and if it doesn't work out, I usually try to like make something else out of it um yeah like when she she'll even make things now where she doesn't think they're like up to par and she'll just throw them out and i was like i will eat that i was like it's there's nothing wrong with it it's not in your mind what you wanted it to be but i was like but it's great and it's delicious and i like and you eat it and like i always like i'll look and sometimes i come home and there's like things in the trash and i was like why I was like, there was no reason to do this. Being married to someone who can cook, I just think is the largest life hack that's possibly imaginable. And if you both can cook, like you're guaranteed to live a happy life. Yes. Because cooking and eating is the best part of living, in my opinion. Not the best, but it's in the top three. You eat for so much of your life. And if you don't learn how to cook, even just decently, you're just missing out on so much happiness, in my opinion. Right? It's like such a good hobby. Yeah, I mean, I I love it. I love getting in there. Um, it's fun for me. Uh, like the chef, quote unquote, portion of me that comes out when we're uh, making these burgers is when I do the monthly specials. I get that itch and I want to create something new. And like it's, I feel like it's been a while. And so I was like, I had to put something else different out there. Um, like I'm, I love the day to day stuff. Um, I'm more operations focused than you know kitchen focused. Um, and someone told me a long time ago too, it was like, you get, you get to be like the chef or like the owner operator, but it's like, don't try to be both at the same time gotcha. because, you know, as you want to create, you want to do things. And sometimes that always means like, you know, the numbers don't make sense be, for what you're doing. And, uh, so I'm always, I always try to correct myself when it comes to that. It was like, at the end of the day, I was like, is this going to make us money? Are we going to grow? Um, you know, yeah. I don't want to put any any one of my employees out of a job. For so, sure. And, and what happened after? So, illegal bakery was that a storefront location that you had? No, we did it as farmers markets. Um, I remember the first one also too that we did. We were the night before we were uh, packing things up, 
and we were doing it under like cottage law. And I remember we, this is a very terrible thing that I'm about to say, but a lot of times um, when we cook things, we, we don't taste them before <laughs> they go out to market. And it's this like weird confidence that we have that in our heads, we know what we're putting. Like I can, sometimes I feel like, Oh, I know what that's going to taste like. And I don't taste it. And then like someone eats it and they'll say something. And then I'm just like, yeah, I was like, and then I'm like, maybe I should try one. <laughs> right. <laughs> and we've done that before, like at restaurants that we worked at with dishes and it's just like, it's well, you're not, I mean, is that normal to just taste every dish you make? It you'd, should. You'd, you'd be like 500 <laughs> pounds. Like, it, it, like I said, there was a bad time where I was just like, definitely I was, I think pushing close to like 240 at one point. Um, and it was just like, so much eating not sustainable no and it, the bad thing is that working at a kitchen is like i said if if you really want to produce something great you are out there you're tasting you're tweaking um even things that you made like an hour ago might not taste the same um every day you have to go in and taste everything doesn't matter if you made it yesterday um, do you think the taste bud thing is like something you're born with or you can develop it over time I think you can develop it. I mean, I feel like it's uh, one of those things where you start looking for notes. And I think that's when the thing that probably is scares people when it comes to cooking is because there's this recipe in front of them. And, you know, some people read it and they just don't understand what's going on. Or there's an ingredient that they've never seen before and they don't know what it's like or what it tastes like. Um, for me, I always tell people, I was just like, recipes are guidelines. Um, even in our business also too, there are a couple of recipes that it's just like, you still have to taste it. I was like, it is set in stone, but I was like, but also taste it at the end. Right. And maybe it needs more acidity, more fat. Um, well, that's the hardest sweetness. thing about recipes is they seem so just taskful, right? You look yes. at a recipe, there's 15 ingredients, you know, and if you're not skilled in the kitchen, you're measuring out every single thing. Yeah. You're just slow. And speed is the most important thing, I feel like, in the kitchen. Yeah. Otherwise, you spent four hours to make like, four granola bars and you're just like WTF. I mean, we should have just door dashed this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I try to tell people too, I was like, um, when you start understanding cooking as like, like the basis of like when it's like if a dish calls for lemon and you don't have lemons, I was like, try to think of it as, oh, it's calling for acidity. And then you're like, what do I have in my pantry? Um, that's acidic. Um, whether it's like a vinegar or maybe you have a different kind of citrus and just those like small tweaks, like, and then, then I think it becomes more fun because then it feels like you're creating something. Um, and it might just been like one simple tweak, but it allows, I think, people to feel a little bit more comfortable. And I tell people, I mean, cooking's like, it's, I mean, you just, like a meditation. It's, yeah. And, but it's like sustenance. It's like, you just need something. I was like, you don't have to knock it out of the park every time. I was just like, you just make something that you think is going to taste good. And then, like, if it doesn't, I was like, just be honest with yourself also, too. And don't say, like, it's that's the toughest thing sometimes about creating dishes is like you put a lot of work and effort into things and then it comes out and then it's bad and then you you don't want to admit it because you spent all this time trying to make something and yeah, then it was but it's trial and error yeah and so that's the toughest part to kind of be honest with yourself and then that constructive criticism of like telling someone like try this and i was like and be like brutally honest and tell me and my like i said that's why i love my wife because she'll i go to her with things i was like taste this and tell me like she sounds amazing She's great. <laughs> so when you're going to these farmer markets, is it just the two of you? Yeah. And you're just rolling in like a van with like cooking stuff or how does that work? Um, well, it's just a setup and we we're just doing baked goods at the time. Um, I so she like bring an oven with her? No, no, no. I think it was like made to order. 
Um, I think very few times we, I think we did dishes that we actually had to like heat up even to have like a small oven or anything like that. It was all either done, um, things that can be held like the night before or just waking up early that morning to bake off, um, which a lot of bakers do. Um, I briefly did it for like, I think two months, uh, You just wake up in the morning and just, just start hammering it. Yeah. Like I'd get up at 3am for one job and honestly, like I'm, I like it because just kind of in like your own element and it's like no one's in your way. You can kind of take over the kitchen, you know, all this oven space is yours. All the stove space is yours. Um, you know, you're not reaching for, you know, towels, dry towels are like golden. Like, but like you turn around, <laughs> you turn around and like someone took, took your towel when you're about to grab something out of the oven and you're like, where's my fucking towel? And it's, you have to take off your apron and like roll it up around your hand to grab something real quick. Like it's, um, for me, like I used to love baking in the morning and also too, like my days, um, it was done earlier. So then I had like, right. it kind of felt like somewhat normal person, even though I was like waking up super early, but you know, kind of being done also too at noon or one. And then you have like the rest of the day to do things also too. Um, that was great. Um, are, do you need eight hours of sleep or are you? Just- no, I probably do. Let's, let's, let's correct something. I probably do, <laughs> but I never operate on eight hours. There's very few times. And I feel like, it's I've just like accustomed like my body to it that yeah. if I get eight or more, I'm more sluggish. Um, I need that hack. And like I said, I, I don't know what it is, but I like that's what I'm used to now. And it's, yeah. you know, sometimes it is. Cause I think it it's is. a superpower. Some people just don't need it. Like I have a friend that gets five hours of sleep and like that's his optimal yeah. anymore and gets the same thing. The sluggish thing. I don't understand it, but I respect it. No, good. That's so much better. You literally just three times seven. You get 20, 21 extra hours a week of just work and productivity or just Instagram scrolling. That's but one of those two. Memes, you know? looking at memes all day. That's memeing all day. hard. <laughs> so when you're at these farmer markets, are you just like, is this your only income at the time for both of you? Yes, it is. Um, luckily, like I listened to my parents when I was a kid <laughs> or a few times and uh, we had uh, money saved up and we just kind of bled that out um, for like a whole year though. So that was like, like I said, the farmers market, we didn't do a ton. Um, and so we went still, all in though. You're like, we have to make this work. We're going to, yeah. we're, we're going to spend this. We have a year runway. Let's go. Yeah. And so essentially we just did that we kept, and like I said, our, our main focus at the time was the French macaroons where, um, we wanted it to be like our staple, the thing that we did a little bit more, you know, unique than others as far as like sticking away from the traditional flavors. So obviously we're, Doing things like, you know, cereal-based ones, um, Captain Crunch, uh, Lucky Charms. Uh, we do, like, cookies and cream. Um, and more in Miami also, too, like uh, guava and cheese as well. So for a while, like I said, we were, we were pushing hard at that. And like I said, but it's still, it's still competition out there. Um, so, you know, it was a learning experience. Do you we think were that, like, it, like competition-wise, is it more important back in those days to have bomb-tasting food or like the marketing behind it? I feel like it's the... I want to say it's got to be both, but it's. I always tell people like you got to just push that marketing a little bit more. Um, just kind of be a little bit more aggressive in people's faces with it. Um, the product will speak for itself at the end of the day, but you really need to have that person committed to it. And, you know, sometimes it is that little gimmick or, you know that one reel or that yeah. picture or whatever it is that kind of convinces somebody that, you know, that they want to, they want to be part of that experience. For sure. 
And it's tough to just say like, you know, this is great. Like you're going to love it. Like, okay. But <laughs> that's, everyone can say I that. just have so much respect for the people at farmer's markets. It's like one of the happiest places. It's just small businesses, just all rocking and rolling and grinding. And there's always these really unique startups there. You know, people are selling jewelry. They're, we, we recently came across this guy that was like making custom colognes. And one of them was a, a cigar cologne which naturally with cigars.com, I picked one up and I think we're going to start selling it as like a <laughs> add-on that you can get if you order X amount of cigars. And it's just interesting because hearing the story and people just crafting stuff at home, you start to realize it is possible to just take one of these crafts and build your brand around it, get a logo and start doing it yourself. And like you guys are literally grinding like husband, wife. I'm, sh- I'm surprised like, like that's a lot of time spent together. Like yep. you guys have quite the bond. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. No. Um. Luckily, and like I said, we're very professional. Um. And super respectful to each other. And we used to hear it a lot in the early stages when you know there was just less things about us either being written. Um. And there were just publicly we were just like this couple. Um. But people that would work with us it would take them a couple of days or to like adjust. weeks to like, and they would be, they would finally say like, are you guys like a couple? Are you guys this? I oh, see so you're all, we're, you're all, business. we're all business when it comes down to it at the end of the day. Like we're, like I said, we're there and this is it. And we don't like to take any of that stuff home with us. So we also try to leave the like home, home and business, business and not try to mix those two. And did that so take like, time to learn that? Or do you think it came naturally to both of you to just be like, Hey, when we're home, we're chilling. Like we don't need that. Um, I think it was natural, uh, but there was also, you know, growing pains with it. Right. Um, like I said, there was like those instances where you're just like, you're at work and, you know, frustration kicked in and you're like, you have to, you know, squash this right now, or we're going to take it home and <laughs> talk about this later. Um, biggest ones at the beginning of the, like our career, especially when it's food focused is trying to tell the other person that their dish isn't you know as great as it should be and that they need to adjust something like that was, those are the hurtful ones because it's like i said it's like you don't know what i did to make this all yeah. this come <laughs> and happen so uh i mean that's why i'm saying like the, the relationship must be so strong because when you can get over those humps and those hurdles and and fight but make up and then see each other like that's when you build the best friendships business partners and just like general loyalty and confidence in each other. Yeah. Like I said, that's why I go to her. Like, and I, I was like, taste this. <laughs> what does it need? <laughs> I'm like, that's like when I'm, and it's not even, I think it's like, for me, it's like reassurance. Like, even if I think I've got something in this, like, like this time around for sure, like when we're, <laughs> we're doing the burgers, it's different, but there's not one special that I don't put out, um, that I don't, I, I need her to sign off. She's like, has to be the one to give me like the okay. Like this is okay, yeah, go for it. That's awesome. Um, and I, be- I, I want to meet her and thank her because your products are absolutely phenomenal. And I say that like 10X. Uh, first off, so when you're doing, before we get into that, you're working at this farmer's market. What happens next? What's the next level up or risk you guys took that got you closer to where you're at today? Um, after that, uh, we're getting close to that year um and you know it's that expression of like shit or get off the pot like what are we going to do with this we uh we did a pop-up at a cafe um i think for about a month 
yeah, about a month, uh, a couple months before like that year end. And we were looking at spaces. Um, we were still very green. Like I said, this would still be like our first business. Um, and this is at least 10 years ago, I feel like. So also too, like the experience that I have then to now also to even in the kitchen um, is tenfold at least. And so I think we were, we would go into places also too where you would see a kitchen or pre-existing kitchen or pre-existing space. And it was tough for us to ever like wrap our head that they could be something different. Like that's where the counter is. That's where this is. And that's where, and like our mindset, well, like I said, we were just very immature in that aspect where it's like, well, okay, well we have to kind of make it work like this and we can't, you know, do anything or financially it might not make sense or all those things. And so there's like spaces that we passed up on that some of them are super successful at this point and we just like kick ourselves to like be like I can't believe we didn't take that space for you know for the rent for what it was at the time or for the location so what's the big lesson there you think looking back the big lesson there looking back is to take risk um it's go with like your gut like you can that's the biggest thing that you know that fear will consume you and it's like being in the open ocean <laughs> it's the fear of the unknown and but if, if you don't dive in, you're never going to know. So it's so true. Wow, that's deep. I love what you're talking about. It's just diving in, taking the risk, because I feel that all the time. Like I get sucked into the scaredness of potentially like, is this a good opportunity? And then I'll overthink it. And if I don't take that risk, I feel like angry at myself. And it's just this anxiety I get that if I don't try, I'm going to like be more upset than if I at least tried and failed. That's true. Um, my wife, and there's a saying, I guess, in Spanish. Um, I'm trying to think of how to like, translate it in English, but it's like the, el hubiera no existe. And it's just like the what if doesn't exist. And that's the thing that's, I think that's the most consuming thing is that that's the one that's always going to be like, well, if I did it like this, I'm just, and then she'll like, sometimes I'll say that and she's like, well, she's like, it doesn't matter because it's over. Like, and you just got to move past it. And those things, like I said, those even leading up, I'm very cautious and I like, um, I love numbers and I love in my mind and doing all those things and even like little like puzzles and things like that, like love that stuff. And, but I'll, like I said, I'll start to overthink and I'll just run too many numbers and then I'm just doing this and then I'm this, all these like, you know, possibilities. Well, this, if this happens, then this will happen and this happens and this will happen. And then it's just, it's just a snowball effect of like, I'm never going to get anywhere. I was like, and the only thing I'm going to have to do is do it and then figure it out after that. Um, once, and once you're in motion, it's awesome. I feel like sometimes like I'll sit down and I'll just hit this real lazy energy will hit me and I'll just be like, wow, this is cozy here. It's comfortable. Yep. I have all this potential energy. None of it's Connecticut. <laughs> A kin- kinetic, not Connecticut. <laughs> <laughs> and then once you start going, though, you're like, boom, boom, boom. And then you can just operate and, and work for hours. But it's like getting yourself there, getting to the gym, getting to the numbers and just getting there is, is one of the hardest steps. What, 50% of the work is just starting? Yeah. Something like that. I do it all the time. I think I did it like on Tuesday at work. I was <laughs> like, I've got all this stuff to do. It was like a, a really great Sunday. And I was like, I came in on Tuesday, Tuesday. It's, it's like, it's my full day. Um. I'm there by myself, like, for the majority of the day. And I was like, all right, I got this stuff to do. And then I'm just, I'm looking for small tasks. I was like, just to feel like I'm doing things. And I'm just like, I'm solving problems that I was like, don't even exist at this point or that it shouldn't be my problem. 
And sure enough, then like as soon as I'm like ready to dial in and like, all right, now I'm going to do all my stuff and do all this stuff. Like I just got behind. And then it was like one of those days where it was just like I'm playing catch up now. And I was like, I was like, that's on me. I was like, I, I put myself in that position. So it's it's tough. Um, well, I think building something is really good for the mind. Now, building something could be building a business, could be building relationship, but not as much in this example. It's It could be building a house. Like for me, like when I got my house, I, I made me happier because there's always like things to do. There's always like, if you have time, there is things that need to get done. And being active makes me feel so good, right? When I'm doing nothing, I get like anxiety. I'm like in my head. I'm like, what's going on? I'm like, it is not a damn good day right now. But once you get rolling and rocking and you're accomplishing stuff, which is why I'm a huge fan of just uh, checklists, waking up in the morning and just writing down like three to 10 things you need to get done for that day. Just crossing something off that list is such a good feeling. Do you use any sort of system to kind of like guide you or, or move you throughout the day? Not throughout the day. Throughout the work day, I would say uh, for sure. Like I do have my, my prep list. Like those are the things I have to go back to. Um, and I always like prioritize myself that way because as soon as I have it written down, then it's easier for me to plan out um, big projects. What need to start first? What takes the longest? Um, Time-wise also too, um, with you know multiple bodies being in the kitchen around, like is it going to be feasible to do it with all these people around? Um, so those things I like to definitely try to do, and then and then also too, that's when one of the toughest things also too when it's your business is letting go and letting other people do things. Um, so seeing those things visually also too, of um, it's easier for me to delegate. Um, and I tell people this, I was, someone told me, I feel like a chef told me this a while back also too. And it's something I tell a lot of people, but I was like, put them where they can't hurt you. Um, so I was like, give someone a task that, you know, it might slow you down um, if they screw it up, but it's not going to, you know, completely ruin the rest of the day or like a detrimental part of the business. Um, so I always look at those lists and I was like, all right, I was like, well, this has to get done. I was like, but I can hold off of it for 20 minutes because I can give that project to X person and they'll do it. And it might not be as quick as efficient, um, but also too, it allows me then to really do the big projects um, that I wouldn't trust anyone with. And I don't, I don't like micromanaging. I don't like being on top of people. I was like, this is the task. This is what you do. And like, let's go, like move forward. Um, sometimes it's very tough for me to kind of live in the moment. I'm always doing something now, but I'm, it's, you know, it's Wednesday today, but I'm already like Friday. What am I doing on Friday? What am I going in to do? And like getting ready. Right. So, so that's why when I give people tasks, it's usually, these are the things you have to do. Um, try to get that by, you know, five o'clock or whatever it is. And it's usually like, get it done before this because, you know, someone else will come in and, they'll take over. Right. And it's, it's just those little tasks. Like I said, that it's, it's, that's the toughest thing, especially this time around is like delegating those projects that it feels like if I don't do it, like it's not going to get done properly. Yeah. I love that you explained that. Cause I feel like the two biggest milestones of just believing in yourself and building a business or just in any aspect of life is number one, starting and building the business, getting it going, getting the brand, getting the website, having a functional, system where someone can purchase receive goods like that is one step but the second step is actually getting to the point where you're comfortable 
hiring, delegating, and scaling because you can't build anything by yourself long term, right? You can't build anything big enough. Eventually it crashes, but you need to give up that power. And when you do, it could start with just a virtual assistant. It could start with, you could go to onlinejobs.ph, get a virtual assistant for $10 an hour or even less, depending on what you want to pay, right? Or even higher, whatever. And you could outsource all the menial tasks that take hours of your life and suck up your soul. And you need to spend your soul doing the things that your soul's best at. You know, for me, I love podcasting. I love talking. I love connecting with great people. It's one of the things I do, right? So it's great that I work with Sky. Sky can handle all the audio, production, video. I mean, he's amazing, creates all our awesome Instagram edits. And then he has a team that helps him scale those out. But I remember when we first started, it just used to be so stressful. You're spending four hours on something that just is mediocre. Yeah. So I love what you're saying. And with you, now tell me what happens when do you actually find the Citadel and like, tell me about that process. Um, at that time. So like I said, right after legal bakery, we decided, you know what, it's time for us to get back, you know, the the real world, um, start collecting paychecks and just kind of reset ourselves. Um, so link back up with, uh, the chef where we first started working off, uh, Michelle Bernstein, who's like Miami legend. And, so we worked for her for, I think, to reopen a restaurant. Um, just to fast forward, unfortunately, it was like a, you know, bad rent deal that had to close within like a year, and it started our quick like second venture of like doing a pop up that we called Dusk, and um, we just decided to cook food that we just wanted to cook at that point. Um, we were doing it out of the design district, like three nights out of the week. And for us also, too, it felt like a really proper goodbye because the shutting of the restaurant kind of happened really quickly. And I think this was a good way for us to kind of just get out of our system. And one of the first times I think that we started working really side by side to each other. And that's when I first started noticing that she was really nervous cooking around me. And and we just uh, but it was great. We like finished it off. So you had two essentially like significant I wouldn't call them fails because they were lessons. Right. Yes. But you had you tried all in twice and it didn't go the way you wanted it. Correct. That's yeah. awesome. That's yeah. a good story. And you yeah. just kept going. You're like a new idea. A new. You had to reinvent yourself. Yeah. And that's what I tell people too. I was like, there's there's always times to reinvent yourself. It's not, you know, this one. Currently, USBS is like the big one, and it's one of those things where you know we've been offered already, like you know, uh, franchising deals, franchising deals, investors, and things like that. But at this point, I'm still not ready to give up all that control. I was like, I sometimes, like I said, it's it's tough, it's tiring. There's been a lot of long nights, and I was just like, I, it's like I feel like I can't anymore. Um, and then it's just like, and then I'll I'll look at it again. I'll just look at the logo. And I look at the logo and I look at the name and I was like, I was like, this is a lot bigger than like, I'm pretty sure wherever I can take it, but I'm still not even like done with it yet. So I was like, let's go, like get back to it again. Do you just have that one shop right now? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I could see, I could see your business going viral. I mean, Sky will probably explain it best. Sky, how would you explain his burgers, if he wasn't in the room and you had to explain <laughs> it to your older brother, Adam, how would you explain the two-day burger at in the Citadel? Well, here's my first thing. I'm not going to explain it to new people when I bring them here. I'm just going to bring them right there and be like, we're getting the burgers and they're going to have their own experience. But to explain it, I just remember our first experience, I knew that 
there was a lot of energy put into making the ingredients for this burger because it was so quality. And that's kind of a question I have for you is how did you source the meat and how did you come to that idea of using that and making it into the burger? Um, like I said, we always wanted to put out something that was very unique and obviously your burgers like the most basic thing <laughs> and I think in all of America, if not like the world, um, that's where like gimmick came in. But, uh, even at, even at the start of, um, the Citadel when we were doing it, we were, we were purchasing certified Angus beef prime when it was, uh, cost effective for us. And I was, I wasn't unsatisfied with what we we're doing, but I really wanted to tell a story behind it. And that's when we uh, decided to make the switch. And this is like at the time of COVID also too, when things are getting expensive and, you know, we charge a ton for like what we do. It's, um, and we're just like, you know what, like let's spend a little bit more money on ingredients. And so, um, excuse me. There you go. Uh, <laughs> uh, then we switched over to Nyman Ranch and um, they're, you know, one of the, um, I guess, bigger uh, companies that focus on um, all natural, um, no hormones, no antibiotics. Um, and for what I was thinking as well, is like something that's scalable, mm. um, thinking that far ahead of, you know, can they produce and keep up if we want to continue to do this? Not only, you know, I'd love to do, you know, Florida beef, but if we're like, I'm, like I said, I'm thinking outside of the state even yeah, also too. So, that's uh that's why we went with Nyman for that. And the sauce is so good, man. <laughs> like you have this sauce on it. Yeah. It's bun. It's, the, oh man. So your does your wife make the buns? Yeah, she makes the buns. Because um, those buns are insane. Because they're yep. so thin. I, I like a burger that doesn't have like a ridiculous bun. Like a big brioche bun just is ridiculous. Like oh well, let me just put a muffin on a bun. Like I'm not looking for that. I'm looking for burger. I'm looking for straight, delicious fantastic burger and that's what i taste when i'm every time i bite it's almost like a steak and cheese mixed within like a just two patties of love it's but it's not quite steak and cheesy it's kind of got like that prime rib feel sort of would you is that right sky yeah i mean i thought it was ribeye at first ground ribeye the the meat and it's just so quality the crunch from the bun to the patties just how you guys every bite <laughs> every bite gets better too it's we like we kept asking ourselves like first time we did we looked at each other it was like is this legit <laughs> yeah. like what just happened it was a surreal moment we definitely had that we're like this this can't be this good and the second time we go back it was just like the first time we ever had it we were just like what's going on right now what is this place <laughs> the citadel by itself is such a cool establishment so fun it yeah. is so fun there's literally like nine different types of restaurants there you can get there's the Italian spot. There's ramen, this ramen, huge oysters. There's the, like the the Caribbean, it's Caribbean sushi. The best ice, ice cream. cream, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Except yeah. I don't think I can eat I, that ice cream anymore. I can't. It's just it's too sugary. Destroys I mean, me. That's most ice cream. I need to I need to stick to Nabati. Have you heard of Nabati ice cream? No. Nabati was founded by Ola Koyal. She was on the podcast. Okay. It's like this all natural, super healthy vegan ice cream and it's her whole thing is like guilt-free ice cream so she just creates like unbelievable products where you eat them and you just don't feel sick after it's way less sugar um but like she uses a lot of things like flax seeds and 
chia seeds and all sorts of... Do you know what else she uses? I've never had Nabati. Oh, you haven't? No, not yet. That's fire. Yeah. Their waffle cones are just so good because you, you just feel better about yourself after. We should check it out after this. <laughs> but good times. Yeah. And then you have a lot of these little things with your business, right? You When you order the food, you text the person that it's ready. When did you like try those types of things? Are you constantly trying those things? Or you just talk to a friend and they say it? Or do you get pitched on services by people? And then you have to constantly evaluate them. Like, how did you end up building out sort of your delivery process that you have today? Uh, I mean, that happened organically just because of that was a system that were provided uh, through the Citadel. Um, obviously, you know, buzzers and numbers, those things. Um, like I said, we come from a, a very um, traditional, like, hospitality background. And so you always want to take care of the customer. You always want to try to make them do as little as possible and but i mean our business is meant to do volume as well and try to get through people so we're this was it worked out for us also too because then when part of our delivery also as well when we give you that buzz um it's we and like i said and i'm i'm in my head always when i do this as well like when people are in lunch i'm like all right like trays and you know sit down and be fine and Dinner time is usually just a little bit more of a rush. Even lunch when it's busy sometimes, I still don't. I just still stuck with that mentality of like, you know, they need a tray, they need this. Um, but for dinner, for sure, there's just too many moving parts at that point with the, the rooftop, the dining, the takeouts, the deliveries. Right. And so uh, I remember, you know, the idea of, you know, what's going to be the look of this. You know, it's those things that I just, I definitely, it's not my, you know, not my forte at all. Um, but I was like, I have to have like mailboxes around this, but I have to do something to like make this feel like it's the post office. So I remember I ordered some mailboxes and they were, I think a, a couple of days later when I thought where I was going to get them, they're like, Oh, like we're like, they're out of stock or there's something and there's back when I was like, shit, I was like, I got to figure out something else. So I was like, ordered just other ones through another company paid a little bit more and they both showed up right at the same time. And I was just like, well, I was like, and I've got these extra ones, what I do with them. And so we set it up. We cut off uh, the back ends of it. There's like those apartment style ones. Um, and there's like seven slots, but the ends like you anchor on so you can't use them. But we do use the first, uh, the five in the middle. And so from the back end, we're able to kind of put your order through there. So then when you get a text, we'll give you a name. And, you know, it's all the names are based off of Bob's Burgers. <laughs> and I uh, saw your meme today you posted of yeah. Bob's Burgers. <laughs> yeah. That was good. And so, um, yeah, and then we'll go ahead and text you and there's the keys are just already set up there. So all you got to do is like turn the key and like open it up and you'll find your, yeah, you just order. roll in, you open your post office mailbox yeah. and you just got the most dank burger of all time. Two day, baby. The two day. I got to try the vegan burger next. I always, um, I usually tell that one and it's just because, I mean, we're Obviously, the primarily beef, like that's top seller. Ground in two day, um, they just sell equally. And so uh, to do the vegan burger, we do it on a, a separate uh, skillet on the side. So sometimes it's just even to move through people, I'll be like, oh, just get, I was like, what's your favorite burger? And I tell them it's a veggie burger. Um, but it's probably the most composed one in my head that I thought through because I didn't want to make a, uh, like this veggie burger that tasted like beef. I just wanted to be like, let's just celebrate vegetables and like, just just make a really good veggie burger and 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 Let's so celebrate vegetables yeah 
And so, um, let's go. So I went out and I did that one. So like when people come, they'll ask me, they'll be like, what's your favorite? Or like, what should I get? And I was like, the veggie burger. And nine out of 10 times, they'll say no. (laughs) 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 And I tell them it's really good. And, um, like someone today asked me too, he's like, uh, he's like, I've had, you know, he's like, I had the burger, like the ground. He's like, it's, you know, it was great. He's like the chicken. He's like, is it just as good as the beef? And it's just a tough, it's tough for me to say. I, I tell him it's like, these are like, these are all my children. <laughs> like I created them all. <laughs> um, I, I don't like to ever say like something's better than others. And those words like better and best. And like I said, you know, especially when it comes to what, what's the best burger in Miami and those kind of things. I, I always like to tell people, it's like, what do you like? Like, what's your favorite? Like, that's essentially what Such it is. Such a humble way of saying it. You're like, ours, dude. What are you talking about? USBS, <laughs> baby. Yeah, yeah USBS, bro. <laughs> Everything else, yeah. Um, but I say, it's like, what, like, what do you want? Like, what are you looking for to come here? And so um, our menu from day one when we started doing the pop-ups was only the ground, the two-day, and just regular fries, the insurance, and that was it. And now we're up to five six different kinds of fries i think um uh now we have the addition of the smoke signal which is like the bacon that we smoke in house for like the bacon cheeseburger because that was obviously like one that we're getting bombarded with you know for the longest time when are you gonna put bacon when are you gonna put bacon and i was like i don't want to because i was like i want to make it also too so it kind of meets our standards same thing also too we buy you know uh duroc uh, pork uh, compart farms and you know same thing all natural, nor hormones, no antibodies, um, and even with our chicken, the same Can thing. Can you buy stuff from there if you're not running a kitchen? Like, if I just wanted those stuff, is that, like, a solid play as just a average person, or would you just hit Whole Foods? Um, yeah, I mean, I would say Whole Foods. I think I, they just have more buying power. So, like, whatever I would sell you is, you know, it might be comparable or it might be a little bit better, but at the cost of it, I'd, it wouldn't make sense. Gotcha, I'd I just have sense. to charge you, like, just too much, and I'd be like, just go ahead and buy, like... Just go to Whole Foods or go, go somewhere what, else or go to proper sausage section. What do you think has the best like meat selection? Like if you're just like looking at Vaughn's, I mean, uh, what is there? There's Trader Joe's, Whole Foods. Um, what are all the different ones? Publix. Publix, Winn-Dixie. How would you stack rank them in quality of meat? <laughs> Definitely not Winn-Dixie. <laughs> you know, I just had to throw it out there though. Um, I haven't been to Winn-Dixie in a while. And the last time I went into one, you know, sorry Winn-Dixie, but it that was just hit. The doors open and I was just hit with that smell and I was like, I gotta get out of here. I was like, <laughs> it was, it was, you know, one of those like, I need, I think I needed like sugar or something like that. And it was like the only thing I was gonna be open at the beginning of the day. And I was like, I need to grab like sugar. I was like, there's a Winn-Dixie close by, cool. And it's like waiting outside like three minutes before like they open and then like those doors open up and it's like scene out of like a horror movie <laughs> between like the smell that the lights were flickering still like to kind of come on and I was just like, just the waiting old for Dixie somebody. man. Um, unfortunately, that's like more of a question. I, I, you know, quite honestly, at home, I rarely do cooking. Um, and it's one, it's because of, uh, you've cooked all day. You don't want to cook anymore. No, it's not even that much. Um, it's a scheduling thing for me right now. Um, like I said, my wife bakes the bread, um, have a commissary that we do that out of. So we don't actually see each other for that process. Um, and so, and she's now mostly focused and this is a great thing for us also too is uh she's a fitness instructor um so she teaches like high intensity uh high intensity Baking training bread by day fitness by night yeah. that's that's a dope life right there yeah um so they, like, what are your excuses 
I literally have the most bomb bread around me at all times. And I say <laughs> no. That's like I said, I don't know how she does it. Um, but high intensity, like the hit training classes, bar classes. Um, uh, Zumba was like her first like intro to like doing like that fitness, like lifestyle and and teaching. And um, and so that's like her main focus now. So it allows us also to not to talk about, you know, the same thing like that's the most boring part of like working like with you know your significant other or just someone that you live with because it's just like you go to tell a story like, and it's oh, just how like how's work today oh you were there yeah i was like yeah i was like you know how it went. <laughs> so there's there's nothing new or exciting Remember when to you talk spilled about ketchup on yourself that was funny <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah now i have to buy a new shirt it's so funny you know <laughs> remember when you spilled it on me yeah oh shit all right <laughs> talk to you tomorrow yep Oh, God. So in terms of scaling, so you're mentioning people hit you up because, I mean, I get what they're saying. Like, you have that burger. You're like, all right, this is way better than Five Guys. This is way better than, like, these other ones that you way had. Way better than In-N-Out. Night and Day. I don't California. know how In-N-Out got so popular. Oh, it's not good, dude. <laughs> but, I mean, maybe it's the Chipotle effect because Chipotle used to be legendary and then it got too big and it got, like, not as good. I think Chipotle is decent. Better than an In-N-Out comparison, I'd yeah. say. Yeah. So, like, in terms of franchising it, so has anyone ever come up and said, like, hey, I want to take this and, and grow and build it? Yeah. Um, we were approached by definitely someone who's, you know, they were d- definitely well-connected. Um, they had the capital. They had everything that, you know, that we would do to, like, like I said, grow and scale probably faster than than I than we can. Um, and that's a given. And so, uh, but the percentage of the take was not, it didn't work for me. And it wasn't in our favor. And... But you'd be open to that. I'm open to it. Um, but I, like I said, uh, I mean, I, going back to like when we were um, doing the farmer's markets, like I said, we were making enough to make ends meet and money that was saved up. And that was it. There was never, I was never really looking just for more money. I was just looking for a, a great lifestyle. Yeah. And so the money's never a factor for me. You can show me something and I'll be, that's great. Okay. But I was like, but I want you here with me in the morning grinding the meat or I want you at the kitchen baking the bread. I want you to see everything that we do. Yeah. You don't want the silent investor. You want the dude that's in there with you. Yeah. And I just want them to understand the process. It was like before going all in, I was like, Hey, I was like, before we even like continue to have this conversation, I was like, really come in and understand what we're doing. I don't want them to say like, all right, like, all right, this is going to be your job now. And like, I want you guys here and I want you to do this, but I really want you to really understand and have that commitment that we do that you're going to be someone that we can yeah that you know and also too it's great to have those eyes from people on that side to just be like well this we can streamline this because they've probably seen machines also too or just different styles of yeah like my buddy peter uh peter taunton he uh is the ceo and founder of snap fitness they scaled over 4600 locations around the world just an amazing human, and he recently um, partnered with he recently partnered with Nautical Bowls, and uh, basically now he's taking that business, which creates acai bowls. Okay, went in, implemented the same philosophy that he did at these fitness shops into like streamlining it, making it so easy to create a bowl in like under I think thirty seconds, you can make a bowl quick, and they're growing like rapid fire and scaling like crazy. So it's like if you get the right partner that can go in and help you, you know, understand, uncover and learn these little hacks, it could be pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah. No, like I said, there are, I like I see it. Um, I know things that 
um, that we do that are definitely like more time consuming and there's ways to um, not even like cut qual- uh, definitely not cut quality. That's never going to be the, one of the things they're going to say. But um, my biggest issue also is you like look at a person. I've created a job and I was like, well, there's a machine that I can also do it. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, that's not the culture that I want to build also too. Um, but like I said, the, the bigger we grow and the more volume that we do, there's going to definitely be more opportunity. It's interesting how like it's the American way to just be, all right, so how are you going to scale and grow and scale and grow? But like the European way is like, let's just, hey, like we got plenty. Let's go like on vacation now for three or four months and enjoy life. Like why work more? You know, yeah. it's like we're always fighting for more and more and more. But it's at some point you need to decide what's happiness is for you. And that might be running the USBS and just and crushing, you know. Yeah, like I said, I, um, this was probably, like I said, this goes back to me being like a kid, like never write down recipes, um, <laughs> never write down like anything, um, just kind of winging it and being like, all right, cool, I got this. And like that kind of just laissez-faire of like, this is it, like I'm going to make it happen. I've, you know, there was, I've seen, you know, so many like, quote unquote kitchen disasters. And at the end, you're always just like, all right, we made it out. We made it out. And everything's always going to be okay. That then became like, then the standard was like, everything's going to be fine. Like that doesn't matter. Like it'll all be work out at the end. It'll all work out at the end. And so that just was just too relaxing also too, of like, you know, there's no structure or anything like that. And this was the time when I was going in and I was like, no, I was like, we're doing it like this because I love that lifestyle and I love cooking like that. And I just, you know, um, it's great for me, but I was like, for me to do that, I do need some structure in my life to allow me to do that. And that's when we started creating USBS. We decided, um, number one, like definitely didn't want my name tied to it. Like, you know, people at the beginning when we started doing this, so people were just like, why isn't it called like Mikey's Burgers? Or why isn't your name on it? Or why is this? And I was like, one, I was just like, well, because I don't want it to be mine. Because then people, when they show up, they're like, well, who, who's this guy? And then yeah. I was just like, if you go and I'm not there, it's kind of people feel cheated. Like I've seen that like with places where you go to a restaurant or a place of business that it has someone's name tied to it and you're expecting to see the person there and then they're not there. And then right. you're like, well, this isn't what I thought. You rolled to Dunkin' Donuts. Yo, where's Dunkin' at? <laughs> Dunkin', where you at? Uh, now that so, we know you, I do kind of feel that way when you're not there. I'm like, oh no, what's going on right now? <laughs> well, then it's like, it sucks when you know a homie's like out of spot and you're like, what's up? Yeah. Damn, you ain't here today. All right. What's up, man? I'll take three, two days, please. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's, um, you know, that's a, that's a way also too that when when I'm at the counter also too, and I'm that person, I don't like to let too much of myself show because I was like, I'm never always going to be here, right. and also too, there's going to be multiple locations, and you know, there's things that I know that I can see just because I've been doing this for way too long that like you know, body language of someone when they're standing or what they're doing or when they're looking like and how to help them immediately. And, you know, we have, um, we have seven employees right now. Um, which is a crazy thing. I think I, I like when I said it, um, out loud, I was like, I have seven employees. And I think even my, like my parents, um, they have like an AC business. And I think for the longest time it was like, that was one of, I think the driving factors also to my dad. It's, it's called Mike's AC service. And it's got his name on it and everything like that. And everyone's always just like, where's Mike? Where's Mike? Where's Mike? And now it's he's getting that age of like retirement. And he feels like if he lets it go, like all these customers are going to, he's letting them all down because he's built so much of it on his name. And I was like, I don't want to do that. Um, and so like we have, we have two high school kids who work for us. Um, 
and you know we have a, an age range like there's from 16 to 44 i yeah, think so it's you got like the gambit you know yeah so it's like for me it's you know always managing different you know different one people yeah. different styles different lifestyles where you're at right now like you know understanding the cool thing is that age is literally a number as soon as you like in my opinion as soon as you graduate college age is just a number yeah you know you can meet people that are in like they're 22 years old and blow you away or, or vice versa they're in the late 50s and it's like bro like what's going on yeah. you know <laughs> you just it's capability you know like what have they been around what have they been exposed to what hardships have they encountered what type of realities have they faced that have made them a great person i think it's interesting how you can never really judge a book by its cover absolutely not no that's 100 percent agree with that so that's why i try to engage with you know employees um i always try to walk that line of like you know not trying to overextend myself because um, then I don't want them to take advantage of like, you know, oh, we know how Mike works and is, you know, a little tiny heart <laughs> and we'll <laughs> tuck on those strings. Um, so, but I, I want to understand like what they're going through and how, you know, work can be work, but how it can be, you know, catered to them. Yeah. My buddy, Daniel, he's ama- he's the director of B Bistro. Have you ever heard of them? Yep. Their brunch bakery. Yep. Oh my God, they have the best pancakes on the planet. The Pastelito pancakes are yeah. unbelievable. Big shout out to B Bistro. Another one that's just so good. I got to link you up with Daniel. He's the nicest guy, but he runs an awesome ship. Like they've scaled over 100 plus people, and everyone there has like a path to where they are heading, and his retention's insane. Just the philosophy and the camaraderie he's built amongst his people, it's really awesome. I feel like you guys should be friends. I hope so. <laughs> like just good peeps. Yeah. No, I tell people like, you know, um, when they start up, like what we're about here at USBS. Um, and one of the biggest things is, you know, we're a team here. This isn't like an individual thing. It's, you know, if it was, like I said, my name would be on it and I'd be like, you know, it's all about me over here, but it's definitely not. And I tell everyone it's like, you know, I use a lot of sports analogies when it comes to, um, working shifts also too. um, like baseball and baseball, hockey and uh, basketball are like some of the ones with the longest seasons. So I tell people, you know, you know, all these great teams, they don't win every, they don't win every game, but I was like, but they come out winning. So I was like, and that's your mentality. I was like, when you come to work, I was like, you might not have a really great shift today. I was like, but make sure you come out winning. And that's like your mentality for like the week. Um, or even like right in the middle of a shift, like, you know, it could be busy and, fumbling or just trying to grab your bearings so it happened to me yesterday i couldn't right get into rhythm and um actually ended up like burning myself because i think i was just like a little too jaded about like what i was actually trying to accomplish versus what i was really doing at the time and then i told him too it's like it's like a quarter i was like all right we're just starting off like you know we might be losing the game right now i was like well we can come back and win it or we can at least come back and show that we tried and i was like still might be a loss but at least like we really went for it at the end it's so interesting that when you're rushing and you're anxious and you're like, oh, you feel behind and you're like going and doing too many things at once, that's when accidents happen. Yeah. Like there's been times when I'm like late to something and I'm driving like like a total ass and like I'm like, oh shit, like I just almost got in an accident. But as a wise man once said, my father, an accident is only an accident unless you collide. If you don't collide... It's just almost an accident. That's way different than an accident, right? You got to hit the other car for it to be a true accident. I, I remember that moment. I was going down 
it was uh, just me and my dad and his old Lexus back in the time. We were going down this hill and it's ice, black ice. And like, he's like, slow down, slow down. And I'm like, I'm fine. I'm fine. He's like, uh, he's saying like cussing. And I was like, there's ice. There's ice. Slow down. I'm like, I got this. I got this. And all of a sudden we are sliding. And I'm like, oh, shit. He's like, you yelling at me. And I just kind of jerked the, the steering wheel a little bit over to steer right in between these two cars. So we didn't hit. And I looked at him. I'm like, didn't hit. He's like, God damn it. You're right. You didn't. <laughs> But I was I was wrong there. Yeah. No, it's um that's my biggest one that I tell. Luckily, we have like a new sign that we've um we've hung over like the the post office or the post office <laughs> the mailboxes for for our pickup, and on the back of it it's just white and it's just from the inside for us to see. And I need to start. I need to write on there or put something where it's just like, um, it happens and it's just like it is. It's like you get busy and you get anxious and you're like, man, it's like. Like I got all this stuff to do, and it's like, and I still got so much more like right behind it, and and I tell everyone down. I was like, you know what? I was like, it's gonna be fine. Yeah. I was like, take a couple of minutes, like reset, and I was like, and I try to make them like do like a full reset, like wipe everything, like wipe everything down, start like look for clean stuff, like really set yourself up. I was like, people will come back for good food that they waited for a little bit more. I was like, no one's gonna really talk great things about man like i got that food so fast but it was trash yeah like no one's gonna say anything so it's it's like a you know one of the things i have to keep like pushing into these kids and gotta teach these kids <laughs> yeah i call them all kids I and mean, like i feel like the older ones is like these kids if you but, could uh this is a question i love to ask everyone if you could go back in time to the first maybe like right after like school or just like maybe you're like 18 years old and the current you could talk to that 18 year old you and say hey listen man i got like one two or three things i want to say to you that could save you a ton of time money headache heartache tears and like one of the best answers is i wouldn't have said anything because it made me who i am today yeah but like that can't be the answer what are some of those things that you would say to oh, yourself? Oh, invent the iPhone. That would be number one. <laughs> invest in <laughs> cryptocurrency, bro. Yeah. Like, I mean, that, I think honestly that's what it would be. It would be like invest the money. Um, like in anything, I would meet passive income. I was like, that would be like my move immediately. I would just be like, invest in this, invest in this, invest in that. Um, yeah, it's like one of those things where, yeah, like that's obviously the, the answer that most people would say. And I always tell myself too. Like one of the biggest things, like I'll catch myself sometimes. Like, you know, I... I went to four years of uh, um, trade school of college and, um, you know, my associates in culinary arts and then bachelor's in food service management and then come to like find out. And even when I was doing it, that like all that stuff is like on the job training. Like when you're in school, it's there's some of these, uh, you know, labs that we would do and be like, all right, guys, like here are all the recipes. And like you would just grab you'd be assigned something and you're like, all right, cool. I got like five hours to make this. And it's like, you know, something interesting and unique. And the other guy's like, all right, I got to do steamed asparagus in five hours. And it's just like, now you'd be like, all right, you got that. You'll take you a couple minutes to do that. And then, but like when you're there, you're just like, all right, I'm going to take five hours to do this. And it's so unrealistic. And it's like, guys, oh, you're not setting me up for success over here. Um, but I said like, you know, um, that was, you know, from Miami, I went to Denver and all those things like, you know, they shaped me and open my eyes also too um to where i am now um and i'm grateful for that so i i, I never want to say like you know i really wish i didn't school 
I really do wish if I were to go back, I would say, you know, try to study something else or have a backup also too. Cause one of the biggest things that they, you know, they won't tell you is that, you know, it's tiresome. It's like, you know, long hours, you're on your feet. Yeah. You're sacrificing a nine to five for 24 seven. Yeah. And, um, you know, those things like, you know, health wise, like I'm always like more conscious, like, all right, my body's telling me to slow down. Like, you know, take a couple hours, sit down. I don't sit down. That's like my biggest, like, thing. I never sit down. This is like the most you'll probably ever see me sitting, like ever. And it makes me anxious. Like, I just don't know what to do with my yeah, body. Yeah, you can see you don't like to chill and lean. You're no. like, uh, what's going on here? Yeah. I just said, as soon as I sat down, I told you, it was like, it's like I'm on a milk crate. Like, this is, it feels, and I, and I tell myself it feels comfortable. Like, I'm kind of like leaning and like ready to do something else and get up and onto the next task. Um, and since I like numbers, I would probably tell myself, like, you know, focus on, something that and it's good you know the numbers because you have to know your numbers in this industry yeah um someone told me a while back too it's just like you know doesn't matter what you're doing at the end of the day is like look with look at the papers like numbers don't lie he's like it doesn't matter if you you think you're crushing it if you're you have all the success and fame and everything around you but it's like those numbers will tell you what you're really doing and so like i said that's that you know i got to be a little bit more you know focused on the business than actually like trying to be in the kitchen i know and every every time you look if you look up usbs burgers miami on google it's like article after article after article they know they know that two-day burger is one of the most fire burgers they know you're gonna get busy man you're gonna it's gonna get bigger and bigger you're gonna have to make some big decisions soon (laughs) good exciting times congratulations to you and your wife like congrats man like you literally persevered and pushed through after two failed businesses at farmers markets, like you act like it's so, like nonchalantly, but that takes so much grit and confidence to go in and try to just try something and then fail, go back to working in a restaurant just to make some more money because you're like, all right, we need to go yep. go back to work, humble yourself, and then give it another shot. And now look at what you've done. Your third venture, it's probably more like your sixth though if you think about it in the long st- the story. You guys are rocking and rolling. I mean, again, like... I met you because I tried your burger and I said, who owns this place? And then you came out and I was like, man, I would love to have you on the podcast because the world needs to know about you and what you're creating. Cause this is amazing. Like it was just great. And I think sky was a big proponent too. I mean, <laughs> he's the one who's always, you, you eat burgers more than I do. Yeah. I mean, uh, what can I say? I thought I knew what a good burger was and then I had that and I <laughs> changed my world. <laughs> and Friday you have a special burger releasing, right? Uh, well, the special's out right now, but we just, um, for this Friday, it's the Bob's Burgers movie is coming out. And um, when uh, one of the places I was working at before, I was working with uh, Naib, or right underneath Naib, and um, he owns Night Hour Theater. And it's a drive-in movie theater that he has right now, um, down on like 14th and 1st. And so they're going to do... Like a movie release there, I don't know like how he he's. I mean, he secured secured the movie. He gets to show it, which is great. Um, and he asked me too. He's like, let's like let's do burgers. You know, I was always like pushing it. at the beginning. I was tagging Bob's Burgers all the time when we first started this off, like in 2018. Every every pun burger that we'd make, every special was just like, you guys seen what I'm doing over here? Like, do I get like a shout out? Do I get like you know guest appearance? I want to be a cartoon on the TV show kind of thing. Like all these things and then after a while I was just like I don't think that we're going to see any of this. You'd be a good cartoon. You have, I, the, you have a great podcast voice. I mean, you you could narrate a cartoon well. 
Yeah, someone told me a while back that it was like, it was like you definitely have a great voice for like radio. And I was like, sick. I was like, then I, that's my fallback. I think at the end of the day, I was like, I just get to sit and like do things, I think. And hopefully it all works out for me. Yeah, you just get a loudspeaker. You just be like, Sky, your burger is ready. <laughs> Who is that? You're just like, boom. Yeah, man. that or like strip club DJ. I thought that would be really great one also too. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be good. That'd be good. That'd be really see. good. What a guy, what a type of person that like does that thing. It's always the last person you'd expect. Not that I know, but you know. <laughs> but man, this has been so much fun. I appreciate you coming in. I, I can't wait to link you up with some of the other like restaurant owners I know in the space. And um, I just appreciate you sharing just some of the story and the words and the wisdom and the adventure. Uh, this is something I like to, I, I'm grateful I get to live by curiously now through you and, and what you're doing. And Look forward to uh, continuing to rave and share this to the world. USBS to the moon, baby. <laughs> Thanks, brother. And then how can everyone follow you if they want to get more? And, and, and again, maybe just tell them a little bit about where to find the Citadel. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so Citadel is uh, located uh, 8300 Northeast 2nd Avenue. It's closed on Tuesdays. Um, they're open after 4, I believe, like Wednesday to Friday um, or Wednesday to Thursday and Sunday as well. And then like weekends, they open a little bit uh or they open up earlier. They open up at noon. So, yeah. And then, you know, follow us on social media, uh, USBS Miami. Um, and that's primarily it for, like, me um, as far as, like, I'm, I manage a lot of that. And so, unfortunately, like I said, I'm sometimes I'm a little too in it. So messages and comments and all those things kind of, like, fly right by me. People will be like, we're on our way. Like, are you, you know are you guys still open or are you this? And, you know, our hours of operation are 12 to 10. Uh, Tuesday to Sunday, we're closed on Mondays, um, and I'm you'll usually find me there um, um, most days and most nights. Um, well, there it is, man. I'm looking forward to coming in it, Michael Maita. We out. We appreciate you. Till next time, brother. Cheers, man. Thanks a lot. Thank you.